feels good to be in the house today with everybody. Uh, well, let me just start by introducing myself. My name is James. Um, I'm, I'm the youth pastor here at this church and um, happy to be here in this service with all of you. I, I, I don't believe in worshiping man, but I do believe in giving honor where honor is due. I want to honor our lead pastor, Pastor John and, and Pastor Ann Hansen for the opportunity. Do you guys love your pastor? Can we just thank them real quick? I refuse to treat him as common because I know there's an assignment on his life to speak a word that will shake the nations. And so I will honor him every single time that I'm on this platform. And so um, I'm just happy to be here with all of you. Uh, let me start by, by saying this. I've, I've been into motorcycles now for, I think, 10 years. And uh, yeah, somebody over there. That's probably Matt Quartz. Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, and so 10 years ago, I was fresh out of high school, I'm, uh, and, and I remember this time where I, I stayed home sick on a Saturday, and I decided to watch Netflix, and I turned on my TV, and I, and I tell you this, it was like God spoke to me. I turned on, and I saw Sons of Anarchy, and I turned it on. Th this is 10 years ago, so don't be judging me because I wasn't even saved yet, okay? So I turned on. Sons of Anarchy, and the, the, the intro to the video, he's Jack, that's his name, Jax, he, he's got his hair blowing in the wind, and he's on this Harley, and he's riding, and I said, that is my life. I'm going to do that. I'm getting a motorcycle. So I turned off the TV. This is not a lie. I stood up, and I went, and I bought a motorcycle. My mom said, no, you are not. I said, yes, I am. I went, and I picked up a bike, and I watched YouTube videos on how to start it, and, and I... <clears throat> The guy said, do you even know how to ride this thing? I said, I sure do. He said, but I, I didn't tell him that. I hadn't learned yet. And so I, I learned how to watch YouTube videos and started. And um, I remember I loved it because it was my way of escape. It was the way that I would get on the bike and, and I could clear my head and, and I would go for these long rides. And I remember one day I was riding through the wine country. And as I was riding my bike, um, the bike just started to bloop, 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 bloop. And it lost its power. And as I was riding, I had to... I had to put it in neutral. And I had to coast it as far as I could. There was not a gas station in sight. So here I am riding my Harley, right? Tell you why I have them on the seat. And as I'm riding, the bike loses its power. I pull onto the side of the road. Now, let me just preference by saying this. I am 100% without a doubt a communicator, but not a handyman. So when I got off the bike, I'm tapping the handlebars. Well, that seems right, and the, and the, the tire's on, and it, the tank seems like it's in good condition. I have no idea what I'm doing. I am so lost in this whole thing that I'm like, what could possibly be wrong with the bike? The bike said it had a full tank of gas. It said it was on full, but when I shook the bike, it was on empty. There was no gas inside the tank. And so here I am stuck on the side of the road. Can I tell you something that is so frustrating? I'm just going to vent to you because I got the mic and you got to listen to me anyway. I, 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 on every single day, I could go anywhere and I will run into somebody. But the day that my bike runs out of gas, there's not a single CP person on the road passing me by. I'm literally, I got my hands up in the air. There is nobody in sight. And so I make, I make a call. I call somebody and I said, hey, I, I think I ran out of gas. Can you come help me? So help was on the way. But you know what the most frustrating thing is, is when you are stuck and you watch everybody else pass you by. 
Uh, and, and maybe you've, you've never been stuck on the side of the road, but I guarantee most of you, if not all of us, have had a season where we felt stuck spiritually and people were passing you by. You thought your breakthrough would have came by now, but people who else are in the same thing that you have are getting their breakthrough and they're passing you by. You might have thought you'd be farther along by now, but you're stuck and people are passing you by. Did you bring a Bible today? Um, anybody got a paperback vintage Bible? I got mine at the thrift store. It's got somebody else's notes in it. I'm kidding. If you have a Bible, turn there with me to Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46. Paperback, bring it back. And uh, in Jesus' name. Um, Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46. Uh, let me start by setting it up for you. Uh, this is such an amazing story because um, at, at the time, this is a full circle moment. And I'll tell you why. Today is Palm Sunday. Today is the day that the crowd welcomed in Jesus and was, there was a roar. There was a, there was a shout of Hosanna that, that he, he has come. He is here to save us, Jesus. But this is a week before that day. So just think about it. Go back a week with me, and this is the moment of this event. I just think that that's so interesting. Literally, the next passage of Scripture is Palm Sunday. And so I'm going to the one before it. And, uh, and there's this man, and he, he's blind, and, and he's a beggar, and his name is Bartimaeus, and, and Bartimaeus is this blind beggar that sits on the side of the road. And, and he's, he's sitting in a place that is not uncommon. This is a place where people who are stuck go. This is a place where people with conditions end up. Uh, he was a beggar, and because he was a beggar, it is because he was blind. And so blind people would hang out and congregate together. It, it, it's like the pool of Bethesda. If you've ever read that story, there are five different porches where, where those with infirmities would lay, those who are blind would lay, and those who are deaf would lay. And there's people with different sicknesses and different dysfunctions, but they would congregate together. And so on this road, as they leave this place of Jericho, Jesus is now with the crowd. And this is the first time that he's not silencing the crowd from exposing who he really is. And as he's passing by in a large crowd, they have to go down this narrow road. And as I was studying it, I found pictures, but I don't have them for you. But there's this road that on the left and on the right is a place where beggars would sit. And they would wait because it was the transition place. It was a place outside the gate where they knew there was going to be traffic. And so they were most likely to get alms at that time in that place. And so I want to read the passage of scripture. Since we are in the series called Shout, will you shout at me if you have it, if you're there? Yeah. Ooh, okay. All right. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46. Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, cheer up. They said, come on, he's calling you. And Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. 
And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Will you pray with me? Lord, would you speak to us in this room? Come, Lord, right now. There are many of us who feel stuck. We need you. Open up our eyes to see you. Open up our ears to hear you. If there's a window, let us see it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want to tell you four things about uh, Barnabas. Now, if you're studying this passage that we just read through, in verse 46, it gives you all the details about him. It doesn't say where he lived. It does not say uh, what he had, if he had a family, if he went to school. We don't know his background. We only know four things. Here are the four things that we know about him. One, he was blind. Now, being blind in this time period is a lot different than being blind now. If you're going blind now, you just go to the pharmacy and you get some glasses. Hello. But back in that day, if you are going blind, you are, I don't know how to say this, out of luck. Barnabas was, was a blind man that that he did not have any other opportunities to, to regain his sight. So what I would love for you to do is I want you to sit in the seat of a blind man. Would you close your eyes? This is the reality of the life that Bartimaeus lived. When he woke up, this is what he saw. When he went on his way, this is what he had to walk through. When he found himself begging, this is where he was, always in darkness. He could hear, but he could not see. You can open your eyes. This is the life of Barnabas. Barnabas had a condition. And because he had a condition, there was one thing that he wanted to change. Have you ever found yourself in the place where if you could just change one thing, it would change the trajectory of your entire life? Ever found yourself in a place where you're thinking, if that one thing never happened to me, I'd be here. If I never had this, I would be doing this. Barnabas had a condition, and if he could change one thing, he believed he could change his entire life. Barnabas was a blind man. Second thing I want to tell you about him. Tells us his name. Hello. His name is Barnabas, but not just Barnabas, son of Timaeus. He was a son. The scripture talks about his name, and, and any time somebody's name is recorded in scripture, it is because of significance and value. It was not just like the woman at the well who didn't have a name. This was not like the woman with the issue of blood. This was Barnabas son of Timaeus. He had a calling on his life that he could not fulfill because of one thing that was wrong with his condition. Have you ever felt like you couldn't step into the calling that is on your life because of one thing? Barnabas, his issue was he was blind. The third thing I want to tell you about him being blind is because he had a condition, he had learned to survive. How did he learn to survive? He, uh, he would beg. So I, I brought my cup. My cup represents the thing that I grab onto when I feel like I can't change my situation. What is the thing that you grab for at your lowest place? For Barnabas, he grabbed onto a cup. And I, I, I wonder if, if Barnabas knew that 
even though he couldn't change his condition, the things that people would throw into his cup, I wonder if he thought that this was going to bring his breakthrough. I find myself sometimes grabbing onto things that people promise me will change my condition, but it doesn't change my condition. It only makes me comfortable. And, and I had to realize at a point in my life that, that I had to let go of my cup in order to have what really could change my life, and it was Jesus. Barnabas had a cup that he would sit every single day blind, begging as people passed him by. I wonder the things that, that are in your cup. I, I found myself, as I was studying for this passage, I found myself in this passage not as the crowd and, and not as Jesus or the disciples. I found myself as blind Bartimaeus. I think the best preaching comes when you can find yourself in the story. I found myself as a blind man who sat in darkness before because I surely have. I know what it's like to sit in dark places. I know what it's like to feel stuck while everybody else passed me by, wondering when my breakthrough was going to come, wondering when my moment to shine was going to be here. I know what it's like to grab onto things that are empty promises. Oh, if you could see the things that have been in my cup, the empty promises, the unfulfilled dreams, the, the letdowns, the disappointments, the sin that I've allowed to come into my cup. And I wonder if this cup is significant of the very same cup that Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. I wonder if, if, if Barnabas, a man who was sitting in darkness, had a cup, and Jesus said, I came to drink from your cup so you can drink from me. I wonder if this cup, it was, was the very sin that I've allowed to be in my life for so many years. If, if, if this cup, if I knew it wasn't going to save me and it was only going to keep me stuck, at what point am I willing to let go of the cup? Blind Bartimaeus the last thing I want to tell you about him is it says he was stuck on the wayside beside the road. Close enough to be where everybody else is beginning to move, but too sick to do it himself. I wonder if we find ourselves in those kind of communities and in those kind of environments where you are aware of the people who are being set free around you, but you've been stuck for so long. And you just may be thinking that this is how it's always going to be. I've learned how to survive with my condition. I've learned how to, to make do with the sin that I've allowed in my life that's secret and nobody even knows about it. But, but I've allowed it to be in my cup because it's the only thing I've ever known. That thing that happened to me when I was younger, well, this cup is the only way that I'm going to ever survive. This bitterness, this coming into agreement with the devil is the only way that I'm ever going to make it through this. Blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was a beggar sitting beside the road. Now, I want to I want to go into this further. Have you ever seen a movie where uh, it shows you the first scene and then it takes you back like a month before that? And, and then you see what led up to those events? Well, we're going to do that. So I'm going to call this the James paraphrase version. This is my translation, okay? And, and, and I think that this will help us settle into the story. Go back with me a month prior. Bartimaeus is sitting where he always sits, begging beside the road, when a friend comes up to him and says, Hey, Bartimaeus, you're not going to believe what I just heard. They're saying there's a man named Jesus from a village down the road. They said that he can even open up the ears of the deaf. 
that's impossible. Once you have a condition like me, there's no going back. A few days pass by. Another beggar comes up to Barnabas. Barnabas, you're not going to believe what I heard now. Remember that Jesus guy I was telling you about? Yeah, what about him? Well, I heard that Jesus was in the synagogues, and there was a man with an infirmity, and they said that he saw his arm was crippled, and when Jesus told him to raise his hand, his arm stretched out and became whole. They're saying even Jesus can heal sickness. Where's this man from? Oh, they say that he's just from Nazareth. What good ever comes from Nazareth? A few days pass by. Hey, Barnabas, you're not going to believe what I heard yesterday. It is crazy. I told him it wasn't true, but I got to tell you, this is what everybody's talking about. Tell me what happened. What did Jesus do now? Well, I heard that he showed up at, at a funeral, and he said that he walked into the room of some religious leader, and he kicked everybody out of the funeral home and shut the door, and the only people in the room was a coffin with a 12-year-old girl in it, three guys, the father and some guy named Jesus, and they're saying that there was a couple people with their ears up against the door, and they began to listen, and they heard the creaking of the coffin open up. And they said that they heard the feet of a 12-year-old hit the floor. And the 12-year-old started running in the room. I told him it was crazy because she was dead. I knew she was dead. I, I, I touched the body. She was sick and stiff. I knew she was cold. She, she was dead. I, I knew about it. And I told them they were crazy, but they said they could hear the laughter of a 12-year-old on the other side of the door. They're even saying that this man, Jesus, can raise the dead. A couple days passed by. Last one. Barnabas, you're not going to believe now what I heard. And this one comes really home to you. I heard they said that there was a man from a village. Jesus led him outside of it. And he spit on the dirt and put dirt in the man's eyes. And he said that the man wiped the dirt and he began to see. That's impossible. I've been blind my entire life. Don't bring those kind of rumors around me. I don't need that false hope. You don't understand, though. They're saying he's been blind for 40 years. They're saying he can even open up the eyes of the blind. Bartimaeus shakes it off. Touch your neighbor and say, today's the day. Ooh. On this day, it started out like every other day. Bartimaeus is sitting beside the road, begging as he always does when he hears the rumbling of the ground beneath him begin to shake and the alms that are on his jacket begin to rattle and he says what's with all the commotion hey what's with all the commotion and everybody rises to their feet and he says someone says to him oh it's just some man named Jesus from Nazareth he's passing by Something came alive in Bartimaeus at this moment. Hope came alive in him. I hope you came ready to hear some preaching because this is the moment where Bartimaeus, something inside of him said, I better get up on my feet. And Bartimaeus rose to his feet and he said, hey, where is Jesus? I need him. Where, where is he? 
I, I can't see him. What, somebody, somebody get me Jesus. I, I heard he was passing by. I, I need him right now. I need a miracle from him right now. I've been blind. Somebody get me Jesus. And the crowd next to him says, shh, you're messing up the parade. Be quiet. And he said, I didn't come here for religion. I came here for a breakthrough with Jesus. I didn't come to play church. I came for a moment with Jesus. I need Jesus. And so if you're going to try and stiff arm me and keep me to the floor, get out of my way because I'm getting up right now. Something inside of Bartimaeus came alive in this moment. Something inside of him said, you better get up on your feet because your miracle is about to pass you by. Some miracles don't wait on you. You got to get it to be activated. Some of you got to be able to say, I'm not waiting for another church service like this. I didn't come to play cute. There's a moment to be cute and there's a moment to stand up and say, if Jesus is here, I need a miracle in my body. I need a breakthrough. I need to be set free. I got to get up out of this right now and I need him in this moment and so if you want to tell me this is what we don't do at this church service then get out of my row because I need some space I heard Jesus was in the room right now does anybody have the faith to believe that anything good could happen in this service right now and Barnabas I feel the glory Bartimaeus Bartimaeus is trying to get somebody to grab his hand so he can get up on his feet. But the same hands that led him to beg are the same hands stiff-arming him to stay on the floor. They don't want him to get up. They, they are actually telling him to be quiet. The, the scripture says that as he shouted for Jesus, the crowd yelled back at him, be quiet. And even the crowd around him was trying to silence him, but he began to shout so loud. There was a roar inside. There, there was a growl inside of that shout. I, I can't even imagine what that shout felt like. There must have been history on that shout. There was pain in that shout. There, 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 was, there was misery in that shout. There was a life of being stuck on the side of the road in that shout. And when he shouted, it cut through the parade and over the crowd. And the man named Jesus who was walking by, he stood still and it says he stopped. There, there was history in that shout. Jesus, even over a crowd, heard the one. And he hears you today. He hears you in the overflow outside era. He hears you in the podcast. He hears you. He knows your cry. He knows exactly what you're going through. He, he knows the history. He knows how long you've been stuck and bound. And, 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 and I want to tell you guys that, that this, is, this is really the, the, the prefix of this service and this moment is right here. Is that when he, he rose to his feet and he shouted, it says that Jesus stood still. Jesus, the one who I believe is arguably the busiest person in the world. So don't tell me you're busy when he had three years to save the world. And, and he's walking by and he hears the cry of a man sitting in darkness. And he stood still. He stopped the whole parade. Everybody in the crowd stopped. And he said, who is that? And he commanded him called. And it says when he commanded him called, it says that the people around him said, cheer up, he's calling you. And they lifted him to his feet. And, and, and the people who were trying to keep him silent now became his messenger. I want you to know that even your enemies will become your messengers. 
I, I know this to be true, and that is not cliche, because I remember when Facebook first came out, and I remember I started posting scripture, and somebody, you should see the comments. They said, oh, I know that person. He's talking about the word of God. Well, I knew he used to be a partier. James Franz from Marietta, I know the life that he used to live, and they tried to stifle my voice in that moment, but I only shouted louder, and I came here to tell you today that four years later, the same people that tried to silence my voice were the same people knocking on my front door and saying, I need what you got. I need this Jesus that you talk about. I, I, I was against you in that moment, but you're for real, and I need this person, and so the very crowd that tried to keep him down was the very crowd that had to lead him to him. Sometimes your enemies will become your messengers. When God calls you, you better get up and rise again. You better get up on your feet and come to him. And the crowd tried to keep him quiet, but he said, I didn't come here for you. I came here for Jesus. I came here because my miracle is passing me by. He might have been blind, but he wasn't dumb. He might have not have two working eyeballs, but he had two working vocal cords. And when he lifted up that voice and that shout, he cut through everything. Hey, I need Jesus. Desperateness cut through the room. The crowd tried to keep him down, but now they had to lead him to him. And I love, I love what it says in verse 50. It says, and he casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. I'm going to say it again. And, and, and he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. He, you got to cast it away. When he calls you, you got to cast it away. Rise and come to Jesus. Is there anybody radical enough in this room to know that when he calls you, you got to come up out of that thing that's been trying to keep you down? Depression tried to keep you down, but you're coming out of it. Shame tried to silence you, but I'm coming out of it. This season tried to weigh me back, but I'm coming out of it. Every single time he calls me, I'm coming out of it. I'm coming out of this fear. I'm coming out of this sickness. I'm coming out of this thing that's been trying to hold me down. I'm coming out of it because he called me. And I know what it's like to be sitting in darkness. I know what it's like that when he called me, I didn't feel like I could come out of it because Barnabas, he had to come out of his coat. His coat represented that he was a beggar. That when he called him, he had to come out of his identity. He had to come out of that thing that was on him every single day. You got to come out of it when he calls you. Because we don't just live in victory every day. We live in victory when we choose to cast that thing off of us. Rise and come to Jesus. When we cast it off and say, you tried to stay on me, sickness, but I'm casting you off of me. I'm going to rise and I'm going to come to Jesus because he called me by my name. He called me, and I, I love this because Barnabas, the fact that it says he rose means he wasn't even on his feet. Barnabas was likely in the back of the crowd, still on the floor. And the crowd stood to their feet and tried to stiff arm him and keep him down. But when he called him by his name and said, I command you called, even his enemies had to help him to his feet. And he rose. And when he rose, he had to choose, am I going to stay in this place? Am I going to come into agreement and wear this the rest of my life? Or am I going to come to Jesus? I believe that you've been wearing something that you don't need to wear anymore. 
Today is the day of salvation. Today is your moment to cast off that thing that you've come into agreement with. Rise and come to Jesus. That, that you got to push through the crowd because I love it. The crowd was most likely to have an interaction with Jesus, but the first became last and the last became you can always tell when somebody has a testimony by the way they worship. You, 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 can't, you can't help but keep your eyes on them because you see them. They got their hands up in the air. They're worshiping him. They're de- they can't keep their composure. There's tears in their eyes. They're on the floor. They're, their hands in the air. They're shouting when there's no reason to shout. The worship could be flat. The speaker could suck, but they will still stand to their feet and lift up a mighty name of Jesus and a hallelujah and an amen to God be the glory. And I used to think that it was because that only happens in rowdy churches with passionate people. But I remember what the word of God says. It says, he who has been forgiven much loves much. And he who has been forgiven little loves little. It's not about passion. It's about testimony. It's those of them that, that say, when Jesus is in the room, something leaps inside of me like a baby. Like faith comes alive and leaps inside of me when I come into his glory. When I come into his presence, I can't help but cast out of this thing. This thing I came in carrying, he's calling you and he's saying are you going to come out of it do you want to stay in the pit or do you want to come to the palace it is time for you to come out of that thing that you've been wearing cast it to the side rise and come to Jesus is anybody going to cast it to the side rise and come to Jesus and I love it because it says that when he when he came up out of it he's holding on to the hands of his adversaries and they're leading him through the crowd, and this blind man is, is walking through. And he comes sitting in darkness, facing the light of the world. And he says to him, Jesus says, what would you like me to do? And he says, I want to see. Now, we don't know how he began to get his sight. We don't know if he spit on more dirt and put it in his eyes. We don't know if he did something more radical. All we know is one conversation with Jesus changed everything. One breakthrough, one encounter, one moment, one window changed everything for Jesus. You may have came to church your whole life, but I swear to God be my witness, he is in this room today, in this service. I can feel him in the room. I can't see him because I've been in darkness. I can't see him, but I can feel him. I I can hear his voice. I I I can feel the presence of something greater than me that is in the room, and he's calling me by my name, and I came to him I know what it's like to sit in darkness my whole life I I know what it's like to feel stuck this is why there's so much authority in this passage is because he's calling you by your name today is the day of salvation when he found him I, I can't even fathom the fact that that he stood still and chose to look at somebody like me that Jesus God would stop his assignment He was on his way to the cross. He was preparing himself to die. And as he was leading a triumphant entrance, he stops. And he stopped for somebody like me. He stopped for somebody who sat in darkness. He stopped for somebody that had my own cup that was full of things that I didn't need. But when he called me, I had to choose Am I going to stay in this coat because it's all I have ever known? 
this is how I've survived this long. Am I going to come out of it or am I going to stay here? And Bartimaeus, suppose he never shouted. He would have been blind the rest of his life. But because the blind man saw a window. He was blind, but he saw a window. His miracle was passing by him. And when everybody else said, it's just some man from Nazareth, he didn't say that. He stood and said, son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't come into agreement with what everybody else saw. The blind man might have been blind, but he saw the power. He might have been blind, but he saw the authority. He might have been blind, but he saw, and if it's your will, tell me to come to you and I may be made whole. He saw that the authority the power the messianic power of Jesus Christ was passing him by and he decided I'm not just going to be cute and sit here and wait for him to come me sometimes you got to make the miracle happen for yourself sometimes you got to be like the woman with the blood issue who has her nasty hands and say get up out of my way I'm coming to Jesus right now and if he won't turn around I'm going to yank on his robe until he looks me in the eye because I came here for my miracle today this ain't no time to be stoic this is when Jesus shows up in the room and you you get your miracle. Jesus is here right now, and I believe that he wants to set some people free. I'll invite the band out. I don't know where they are, but they're coming. Here he comes. This is your moment. This is the moment you've been waiting for. He's calling you. He commanded you called. Are you going to stay wearing the same rags, or are you going to come out of that, rise, and come to Jesus? You've come into agreement for too long with the enemy. You were never meant to stay on your mat. You were meant to rise above the thing because the Bible says in Luke chapter 10 verse 19, he has already given me authority that it may be under my feet. So I'm going to stand and rise above the thing that's been trying to keep me down. You may try to silence me. You may try to keep me on the floor. But when I know my Jesus comes into the room, I'm going to get up on my feet. I'm going to shout to God be the glory. I'm coming out of this thing because it's held me down for too long. Is anybody else coming to agreement with that? That when he's in the room you're gonna rise to your feet and you're gonna shout unto God be the glory he's in the room right now Something's breaking in the atmosphere right now. I feel it. It's shifting. There's some people that are coming up out of those things that you've been wearing. Sickness and depression tried to keep you down, but you're coming out of it. Death tried to hold you down, but you're coming out of it. Fear tried to silence you, but you're coming out of it. You are God's best, and it is time for you to get up on your feet. And people may try to silence you, but I'm coming out of it. I'm rising again, and I'm coming to Jesus because he who made a way is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ever ask or imagine. You never been in a church service like this. I feel depression coming off of some people. There's some joy in the room right now. Hey, 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 
A man who sat in darkness, when God calls you, nothing can keep you down. That he casts it off that thing he'd been wearing. Rose came to Jesus. And it said this, he said, your faith has made you well. Can I tell you, it is going to be your faith that breaks the back of this thing. Barnabas... He had to decide, am I going to let go of this? If I let go of this, what's going to happen? And I believe Jesus is saying, if you let go of this, you can have me. It is time for you to let go of that. Let go of the unforgiveness. Let go of the bitterness. Let go of the thing that you've been holding on to. Rise and come to Jesus. Get up on your feet. Rise and come to Jesus. And it says that because of his faith, he was made well. Jesus told him to go, but he chose to follow. He said, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. But he said at that moment, I've lived in darkness my entire life. I'm following the light of the world. Is anybody ready to follow the light of the world? King Jesus, the one who is able, the one who is holy. God be the glory. It is time for some of us that are sons and daughters to cast those things off. Rise and come to Jesus. There is a generation that needs your voice. There is a generation that needs you to come out of agreement with the enemy. Cast it off of you. Rise and come to Jesus. Very quickly, I have a couple of minutes with you. If, you, if this message has resonated with you that you have been stuck Maybe even sitting in darkness, you've come into agreement and you've been wearing something that does not belong to you. I believe that there is authority and power in rising and coming to Jesus. And so I want you to quickly come to the altar right now. If you believe this message has been for you, it's time to get unstuck. It's time for you to come out of that thing that you've been wearing, that addiction, that bitterness, that sickness, that fear, that suicidal ideation. It is time for you to come out of it and come to the altar. And we're not going to be a crowd that stiff arms you or judges you we're going to be a generation and a church that affirms you that celebrates you that says that's my sister and she's coming up out of that grave that she's been wearing and she's coming to Jesus to God be the glory I want you to lift your hands lift your hands yeah sing that sing that go ahead it's prophetic come on Come on. Prophesy it. Come on. I feel faith rising up in this house. I hear you calling me. I 
Rise above depression. Rise above fear. Rise above that thing. If you hear him calling your name, lift up a shout of prayer. There's some Lazarus coming out of the tomb right now. Some of you have been like Elijah hiding in a cave. You've been hiding in a cave. There's an assignment on your life, but you've been running in the opposite direction. You've been hiding in a cave, and you thought, surely he'll never find me in this place. But the Bible says that he, he came, and he didn't come in the earthquake. He didn't come in the fire. He didn't come in the wind. He came in a small whispering voice. And I believe he's here. There's authority when you choose to rise and come to Jesus. When you cast off that thing. We don't live in victory every day. We live in victory when we cast it off. We rise and we go from glory to glory. We go from victory to victory. We go from full to fuller to overflowing. We continue to grow and go because he's here.